on down. Come in here a little bit closer, guys. Okay, we are celebrating Advent. Hey, how are you? It's good to see y'all. Advent means coming. And what that means is we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ came as a baby, born in the manger. You know the story? You know that story? That's good, yeah. You do too? Awesome. That is good. Well, see, we're celebrating that Jesus Christ came as the Son of God. He grew up and He became a man that lived perfect, did everything He was supposed to do that God wanted Him to do. And then He gave His life on the cross and He died for us because we'd sinned against God. And we could find forgiveness through trusting in Jesus Christ. And that is how we could have hope. See, without Christ... We don't have hope, but with Christ, we do have hope. And today, we're focusing on the theme of hope. Every week, we're going to have a different theme, and today's topic is hope. And so to remind us of what we're celebrating during Advent, we're going to light a candle each Sunday that represents the theme that we have, all right? And so today's candle is the hope candle, and every week, we're going to have a different... So let me go up here, and I'm going to light this candle for us. Now, we got... We got four outside candles that represent hope, peace, love, and joy. And then the center candle is the Christ candle. We'll light that on Christmas Day because we'll be here celebrating on Christmas Day together. And so here is the hope candle. Hope is uh, being sure that something's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. That's what hope is. Being sure that something's going to happen or you're going to experience something that has not happened yet. That's what hope means. That's what we're celebrating today. And the theme of Advent for us is give it away. That's our theme. Can you say give it away? away. That's our theme. So every week we're going to focus on giving it away. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I really like Chick-fil-A sandwiches, Chick-fil-A nuggets, Chick-fil-A chick minis and all that. Do you all like that kind of stuff? I mean, that stuff. You don't like it? You're the only one. Man. We love Chick-fil-A. In fact, if, if you were really craving Chick-fil-A today and you drove over there, what would happen? It would be closed. I mean, that just stinks. Have you ever done that, driven to Chick-fil-A, craving it, knowing you get it and get there and it's closed because it's Sunday? I've done that. That's so aggravating. Have. You have too? Have. You, yeah. That's just frustrating. Sundays, you just can't get it unless you have a plan. Some people have a plan. Some people don't. And those who don't have a plan don't get Chick-fil-A on Sundays. But those who do have a plan get to eat Chick-fil-A sandwiches on Sunday. <laughs> that was good. Y'all want some? Y'all don't have any hope. Sunday, Chick-fil-A is closed. Yeah, sorry. Well, what kind of plan? What kind of plan? We got to have a better plan than what you got. <laughs> you got to have a plan like I got. Maybe just sneaking like a crook. Sneaking like a crook? Not a good plan. <laughs> nope. Nope, that's not good either. <laughs> but you're thinking. <laughs> You got a good plan? What's your plan? Maybe we can go when there open. Go when it's open. That's a great plan. Yeah. 
when it's open, you just go in. That's exactly right. But today, if you're starving on a Sunday, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be closed. We are, we are getting out of control here. Let me see if I can rein us in. Hey, you know what? If you don't have a plan, then you're not going to get it on a Sunday. But I had a plan. Now, here's, here's what I want you to think about. Listen to this. I'm going to tell you, all right? Listen to this. If we try to please God according to how we plan things, you know what's going to happen? No hope. But because God had a plan through sending Jesus Christ for us, if we trust in God's plan, which is Jesus Christ, we have hope. There is no other way to have hope except through trusting Christ, God's plan. Our plans don't work. So your plans for getting Chick-fil-A on Sunday don't work. Mine did. God's plan to save us works. Our plan to find God does not work because of our sin. But God had a plan. And that's why we have hope, because God had a plan. Now, back a long, long time ago, on December 24th, in Germany, uh, there was a play that was going on, and the play's name was Adam and Eve. Now, you have that story on Elm? That's good. Yeah, in your room? That's good. I mean, you guys are play, paying such good attention. I hope the adults are really learning from this. You guys are in. Yeah. Now, that play was called Adam and Eve. Now, guess what that was about, what that play was about? What? It was about Adam and Eve. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's the very first story in the Bible, Genesis 1-1. Yeah, it is. It's the very first story. And if it's called Adam and Eve, then that's what it's going to be about. And that's exactly what that play was about. It was about Adam and Eve. Yeah, that is. That is. Well, that play about Adam and Eve was performed in Germany during the winter, and they needed to have a tree to symbolize the tree, to show the tree with the fruit on it that Eve ate of, even though God said don't do it. Eve did it, gave to Adam. He did it. They both sinned against God by eating that fruit. You remember that story? Well, during the play, they had this pine tree, and they decorated that pine tree with apples so that it would be able to be that tree that had the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. Just a second, let me finish, okay? And then um, people liked that pine tree so much that they started to decorate their own houses with the pine tree and put apples around them. You know what else they put on those trees? They put a lot of candy, so much candy that they started to be called sugar trees. And what they did is they had all that candy and all those apples on that tree that came from that play that was symbolizing when people sinned against God. You know what they also put on that tree? They put another little ornament on that tree. They hid it inside the tree around all that other stuff that symbolized sin. They hid these little bread wafers, these little bread crackers. And they put it on the tree and the kids would have to come and find those little pieces of bread. And that would give the parents an opportunity to teach the kids that there are things in life that we do, it's called sin. And we don't have an answer for that. But God provided an answer by giving Jesus Christ. And if you find Jesus Christ, you find forgiveness of your sins. Isn't that an incredible gift that God gave? And that's a gift that we should give away. We should give it away, shouldn't we? So to remind you to give away the gift of Christ, I'm going to give you guys some gifts today. All right? So let me see what I got here. 
The first thing I've got here is this little, this little bookmark. And, and actually, I would encourage you to maybe use this string here to tie it onto your tree and decorate your tree with this Christmas. And so I've got this little deal, and it says, Jesus, hang your hope on him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And so I'm going to give each one of you one of these gifts, all right? But this is what I'm going to do. Listen to this. It's a great idea. That's right. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two of these each. Yeah. You can have these two right there. And now, here's what I want you to do. When I give you the two of these, just a minute. I'll give everybody two. Just a minute for crying out loud. Okay. When, listen. Listen for one more second. You can beg all you want. You'll get them in a second. Okay, what you're going to do is you're going to have two of these. It gets even better. You're going to have two of these, and one you're going to keep for yourself, and one you're going to give away. So with one, you're going to keep it, and the other one, you're going to do what? Give it away. That's right. Now, in addition to that, Miss Carolyn is going to help me, and so is Tammy. She's right there. And so what I'm going to have, I've also got, since I ate that Chick-fil-A sandwich in front of you, and I felt really bad about that. Well, not really, but, but... So, so to kind of make up for making that really mean thing, I, I've got this free Chick-fil-A kids meal coupon. You get to go get a free Chick-fil-A kids meal, and I'm going to give you two of these. So you can keep one, and the other one you're going to do what? Give it away. That's right. Okay, we are totally out of control up here. So... I'm going to give one box to Carolyn and one box to Tammy. And you guys, let me grab a few of those. And you guys get two of these each. And after you get your two gifts, you guys go get with your parents so they can control you. All right? All right. You know, hope is always preferred over hopelessness. Nobody likes hopeless situations, be it what we would consider somewhat trivial or somewhat very serious. I mean, if, if, if it's football that you're watching and your team is behind by 60, it feels kind of hopeless. Or if your team is up by one in the fourth quarter, it's pretty hopeless. I mean, it's, it's not a good situation. Um, have, you, have you ever gone out on a, on a cold morning? Nobody else is at the house but you. Everybody's already gone and you're the only one there. You go out and you get in your car and you turn the key and nothing happens. I mean, that feels a little hopeless. I mean, nobody likes hopeless situations, whether they're somewhat trivial or even more serious. When you hear the words, there's nothing we can do, and they call in hospice. I mean, that, that feels hopeless. No, everybody would rather have hope, the certainty, the absolute certainty that a preferred outcome is going to be experienced. And the Bible talks about both of those things, hopelessness and hope. And we should really be able to embrace both of the truths in Scripture about those two ideas. I want to talk to you about hopelessness. I want to, I want to just list out a few things that Scripture says about hopelessness and who has no hope. If we all prefer hope, here are the ones that have no hope. Job chapter 27, verse 8, the godless have no hope. People who don't have any regard for God in their life, according to the scripture, have no hope. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 28, the wicked, those who just do things the way they want to do them, 
they define for themselves what is right and they just do whatever they want. Um, the Bible says that they have no hope. Proverbs 26.12 said that the, the one who is wise in his own eyes has no hope. Have you, have you ever found yourself thinking that you are wise? The Bible says when you're in that situation, you have no hope. And then another one, Proverbs 29.20, a person who is hasty with their words. You ever been hasty with your words? The Bible says no hope. And then Psalm 33.17 is a passage that implies that if you depend upon anything else except the Lord, you have no hope. That if you depend on your job for your provision, but you don't see that as God providing, you have no hope. If you depend on anything except the Lord, hopeless. Psalm 62.10, those who depend upon riches or find security in riches, they have no hope. And then Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, which we'll read again, read in full in just a moment, talks about the fact that sin has separated us from God and we are without hope. If you read all the passages that deal with hopelessness in Scripture, I can guarantee you that all of us will find ourselves in one or more categories of being completely hopeless apart from Jesus Christ. All of us are stuck in hopelessness as far as it depends upon ourselves. But the Bible all speaks of hope. And the Bible speaks of hope to those who are hopeless. And it really begins with the story of Advent, Christ's first coming. And in Luke chapter 1, we see how the angel... Gabriel showed up to speak to Mary. If you notice, if you walk through this part of the church building in this, in this hallway by the nursery area, on the wall there, there's a huge mural that, that we put up on the wall for this season. And today's scene on the mural is um, the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary. And so every week, we'll add things to that so you can kind of check it out, be reminded of what we're focusing in on each day given Sunday. So you can walk by that and look at that later. But that's what our focus is, and that's where it all kind of began, this message of hope, when Gabriel came to Mary and actually told her that hope was arriving in the form of a baby. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we see the story of how Gabriel comes to Mary. And in verse 28, Gabriel speaks to Mary, saying, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angels, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. A great statement of hope in the light of the announcement 
of the hope of the world coming in the form of baby Jesus. Now you notice in that passage when Gabriel announces Jesus' birth, he, an, he announces to Mary that Jesus would be the answer for the empty throne of David. That Jesus would sit on the throne of David and be king over Israel. And he specifically says rule over the house of Jacob, which is just another way to say that Jesus Christ is coming for his people. He's going to be their king and he's going to be the ruler over Israel. We know that Jesus was much more than just the one who would rule over and save his people Israel. And that's where we come to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, look with me at verse, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. Paul is addressing this primarily Gentile group of people. And he says to them, therefore remember... That formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ You who are formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Paul is encouraging these people to remember something. And he wants them to remember what they were apart from Christ. And specifically, he says of them that they were separate from Christ, that they were excluded from Israel, that they had no Um, awareness of the promises of the covenant that God made with his people. They were not privy to all the historical experiences of God saying, you are my people and this is what I promise you. They were outside of that. He says that you were having no hope and without God in the world. He wanted them to remember who they were apart from Jesus Christ. I, want to com- I just want to encourage you that this season can be a time of you remembering who you were apart from Jesus Christ. And I know, I recognize that that is focusing on hopelessness. But I'm convinced if you don't have a fresh perspective and a, and a, and a, a renewed sense of your hopelessness, that it's going to be very hard for you to see people in your life as being potentially hopeless. If you just go about your life on a regular basis and you fail to remember who you were apart from Christ, it's going to be very easy to walk around this holiday season and to think nobody really needs the hope that you have. But if you will remember just how desperately hopeless you were before you came to Christ, it will aliven your heart to the message of hope found exclusively in Christ. Paul encourages these to remember who they were. You see, everybody in here prefers hope. Everybody would rather be hopeful. But the reality is, apart from Christ, no matter how much you may prefer it, you never, ever have it. You're hopeless. Completely, totally hopeless. 
But God sent Jesus Christ to die for us, and he shed his blood, and it was the blood of Christ that brought us near to God. It was the blood of Christ shed for you and I that removed our sin so that through faith we might receive God's righteousness and might be brought near to God, not being ones who are on the outside looking in, but being brought into the covenant promises, being brought into the commonwealth of Israel, being brought into hope, and having God in this world. And what Paul goes on to say is, my people are brought near to me through the blood of Christ the same way that the Gentiles are brought near to me through the blood of Christ so that now my people and the Gentiles are made into one people, my people, through the blood of Christ. And we have hope because of Jesus Christ. That is what we celebrate this Advent season. That we who are once hopeless, without God in the world, Because Jesus Christ was born in a manger, grew and lived in perfection, honoring the Father, giving his life to die on the cross so that we place our faith in him and his shed blood brings us near to Christ. We have received this gift so that now we can share that gift with others. And I'm convinced that we will share that gift this season a whole lot more if we make every attempt to remember who we were And who we are in Christ. And that's what communion is about. We're taking communion today because we want you to remember who you were apart from Christ. Without hope. Having no God. And no answer to your sin. Because Jesus Christ shed his blood. You now have hope. Certainty. Of an outcome that we will experience in Christ.